Hello everyone and welcome back to the Building Brum podcast. I'm your host Connor Nolan and in this podcast I'm going to be discussing developments taking place across the region and the latest themes and trends within the construction industry. We're broadcasting from Birmingham with special guests joining me from the planning sector, construction industry and architecture and design community who all have a story to tell and knowledge to share. Just some of the topics we're going to be discussing include the future city plan being developed by Birmingham City Council, looking at modern methods of construction and the future of the workplace. Today, I'm being joined by Lee Simmons from Solus, one of our Building Brum specification partners. We're going to be discussing the role of specification within the construction industry as one in which covers so many aspects of the construction life cycle, from working with architects, main contractors and the developers themselves as well as taking a wider look at Birmingham and the West Midlands as one of the fastest growing regions within the country. A big thank you to our Building Brum podcast series supporters, Reality Capture and Point Cloud Modelling Specialists, Scantech Digital, Solus, one of the UK's leading suppliers of commercial flooring and wall tiles, and Sunbelt Rentals. With over 200,000 items of equipment, they're the largest and most broad range provider of equipment hire in the UK. If you'd like to find out more about our Building Brum partners after today's podcast, you can visit the Building Brum website. Hi, Lee. Thank you very much for joining me today on the Building Brum podcast. It's great to have you on the show. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Kind of uh, happy to be here. Well, that's really good. I'm really, I'm really glad that you that you've come on today because I really want to. Someone like yourself, you're you work with everyone. When it comes to a project and, 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 and being involved in the delivery of a scheme, you're working with the architect, you're working with the developers, you're working with the main contractor, you're across the board when it comes to how you and your role fits in to, 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 to a scheme being kind of designed, developed and delivered as, um, as a supplier of commercial flooring and wall tiles. It's, it, it, it's an integral role. And I kind of, I really want to find out more about that, that role in which you're almost like you're almost like the glue aren't you you're the, you're the you're the most common factor throughout the whole process and at the center in a way of so many of these projects because you're there talking with everyone aren't you yeah um yeah we we get a good overview obviously um we're involved in a, a small part of bigger issues that architects and designers and contractors have on site um you know, so so really, we're there for to facilitate and consult and take away the pain of the tiling package, and you know, kind of be, as you say, the the middleman, the glue, as you call it, to um, between all of those people. Um, we get a good overview of the entire design and build phases. We, you know, we're usually brought in to consult in the early days for the initial design and then, uh, you know, regarding the package and then we'll go through the tender process and ultimately ensure we um, directly work with the contractor and any related subcontractors uh, to consult further help, whether that be a redesign, uh, value engineer options for whatever reason, or of course, technical help. Um, being an interior finish, the tiling is usually late into the build, which budgets may be tight. So VE is always something we're, we're open to and we work on. Um, so sometimes it might be the fact that we we work with the architect and designer for the initial specification, and then we have to revisit that later on when it's on site. And that conversation, of course, includes the contractor. So it's, um, 
always there. You're always involved in that conversation. Yeah. And with that conversation, with you being there at the start, where you're having the conversations with the con with the architect when it comes to designing, and 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 they're talking about what 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 they're going to put into the the new building, and right through to the design and build stage with the contractor. With that amount of exposure to the projects and developments that are going on, how do you see things currently going? How how are things at the minute in the in the West and East Midlands? How how are you? What what's, what's the industry saying to you? Yeah. So, in terms of where we're at for the Midlands, um, I mean, if we if we we start with the obvious with Birmingham. Um, it's a, it's a very ambitious and really exciting time. There's obviously the, you know, the ones that stick out, the obvious developments, such as the Commonwealth Games, the City of Culture, HS2, Paradise. Um, you know, there's, there's just so much going on in terms of development. And obviously we've got the, the master plan in place, you know. Um, but there's plenty going on in the East Midlands too. Um, Nottingham, for instance, has got their, you know, they're redeveloping their Broadmarsh shopping centre, Beeston Square. Um, and of course, we've got the HS2 hub in the East Midlands and everything that that's going to bring around it. Um, let's not forget also being in the Midlands, the uh, transport and logistics infrastructure and the, the opportunities of having such a great location and all of these transport hubs and logistics centers that are cropping up everywhere. Um, we're developing throughout. Uh, we've got such strong transport ties. So yeah, it's, it's all positive. Um, yeah, overwhelmingly, you're seeing a really good, it's, everything's in a good kind of, it's in a good place, but that might be today and how things are going now. But I can, I can imagine like the past year has been, it's been, like it has been for so many, so many organisations and businesses, it's been incredibly tough. Yeah. What, what do you, what do you find as a, as a supplier? How have how have the events over the past year kind of changed the construction industry from your point of view? And what challenges were you facing before COVID that are say no longer an issue? And what what new challenges or even new opportunities have presented themselves to you guys with this kind of this new way of working, like from, from meetings online to supply chain and logistics to webinar networking events. How has, over the past year, what has impacted you and the way you guys work the most? Yeah, I think um, we're living in a smaller world. Um, it's actually, and this is only from a personal point of view, we've, been, we've gone through an incredibly tough year Obviously, and you know some of the some of the industries more than others, i.e., hospitality, leisure, have been hit really hard. Um, from a personal point of view, and the, the way that you know we do business, if anything, it's it's a positive. Um, I can now have meetings. I can now have five meetings a day and speak with people in the U.S., in London, in Birmingham, in Europe. Um, and everybody's embraced, obviously, this new way of working, as we call it. Everybody's embraced the video calling and everything that goes with it because we, we've had to. Um, and hopefully going forward, it will be a hybrid of, of both. Um, so that's, that's, that's the positive to it. Um, there, are, there are, of course, a lot 
of negatives. Um, we haven't been able to get out there. Construction developments on site have been stop start. Um, however, the construction industry has kind of ploughed on through. And certainly over the last few months, I would say um, things are looking very, very optimistic. Um, Brexit has had a huge impact throughout, not just not just the tiling industry, but throughout, you know, we import most goods from the EU nowadays, unfortunately. Um, so from, from our point of view, logistics, paperwork, lead times has all been increased. And unfortunately, it's not just us, it's, it's everybody. So there, there have been some real challenges that we've had to meet. And um, we've finally been able to kind of iron out the Brexit issues, etc. And we'll, you know, we're getting there, but unfortunately we are living with slightly longer lead times, but it's all about communication. So um, as long as we are having these conversations with designers, with contractors, with subcontractors, with clients to say, look, okay, used to be 10 to 14 days, now we're on two to three weeks, four, three to four weeks, um, then that's all we can do. Um, and you kind of say, when you say about the the importance of communication when it comes to this, the fact that you can't just, like, you've not been able to just drop in and kind of catch up with someone, have a coffee because of how things have been. Has that kind of, that, that the use of Teams, the use of Zoom, how is how has that impacted on, on that communication? Has it just kind of, has it made it easier to kind of, to, to, to catch up with people and keep people updated on where things are happening because you don't have to schedule in meetings to go and see people. How, how what, what's this overall? That yeah, I think meetings certainly have more purpose nowadays um, over the last year. So if you're having a meeting, you're having a meeting for a reason. Um, I'll be the first to say that as a, as a consultant and as a sales manager, um, Sometimes people might not necessarily have the time to see me unless they want to see me, which is which is is absolutely fine. So everything has more of a purpose. Um, it's again, it has its pros and cons. Um, I've actually developed some some strengthened and developed some really good relationships over the last year purely by picking up the phone and purely by having these meetings. But the flip side of that is that we're less connected, we're less informed, we're less, we can't, as a, you know, as a distributor, we can't push out, here's the latest tile trends, et cetera. We can only do it on an online platform. It would be great to get in front, front of people, people love, and me after 15 years, love to touch a tile and, you know, pick it up and see what it's actually made of. Um, networking events, all of these things are, are really important on, on not only on a business level, but on a social level as well. I mean, it, it's really important that we trust the people that we're working with. You know, the, the client trusts us, the contractor trusts us, the designer trusts us, and, and likewise, the other way. That's how good business is done, is through good communication. Um, so I'm itching really to get back out there and say hello to people. Um, but hopefully going forward, meetings will have more of a purpose um, and will continue like they have done over the last year. No, I, I, completely, I completely see what you're saying there with meetings having more of a purpose. We've all, we've all had those meetings where it's just a case of um, 
it's it's a meeting for the sake of having a meeting and we just don't have time for this anymore this 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 there's too much going on. No one, no one's got the. Everyone's so many meetings to schedule a meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. So let's yeah, I think um, I think finding that balance then of kind of carrying on with how things are at the minute in terms of having those teams calls, having those online calls where you we don't need to travel in and sit down, but but then also going back to how how things were and and like you just said, the kind of the connection and the communication with people is so important. So yeah, I imagine you'll be looking at how you can kind of get the best of both worlds. And I mean, like imagine like with, in terms of when you talked about networking events as, as, as a supplier, as, as someone, somebody that wears a sales hat, business development, when it comes to kind of meeting new people at events with those networking opportunities that must play a huge role in kind of learning what's going on what's new what's coming up and i mean that must that must have been very difficult over the past year kind of not having those networking opportunities with with things and events moving to a, to an online format with webinars how have you found that as as someone that that is out there on the scene in birmingham in nottingham kind of talking with people find out what's going on how how has that impacted that just with things going as to a webinar format yeah things are less personal um as you say you know wearing a a sales hat as i as i have to um these events are incredibly important and and it's a way to get everybody to connect at the same time we're all very very busy people so to get everybody in a room at the same time focused on an event but at the same time you know on a social level um can be incredibly important it can nurture relationships it can strengthen strengthen relationships it can build new relationships um and i think you know most people would say that they they miss that connection with people um but but we've all been in the same the same position unfortunately um and and when we when we can do, we'll all be we'll all be back doing it. Hopefully, um, things are looking bright. Uh, yeah, so I know there's there's hopefully things on the horizon. Um, uh, but at the same time, we, we don't want to just do a, a networking or a social event just just for the sake of it. You know, it, ha- it has to have some kind of value. It has to have some kind of interest. It kind of goes back to that point around people. They don't want to waste. No one wants to waste their time having meetings for the sake of having meetings and it's the same with anything else now people are just they're going to be people want to spend their time with either listening reading or finding out or going somewhere where they're going to get something from it's 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 how people yeah how people use their time now and how people spend their time is much more we're much more aware of it yeah i mean we're, we're also time poor in this in this day and age and, and, and even over the last year i think we've kind of gone into our online world of now of online world of meetings and getting our head down and you know working um so so yeah from a, from a time point of view i'm always very we are always very wary um that people are very time poor so so anything we do needs to add value yeah no absolutely i mean if you look at add value i'm gonna i'm gonna jump into kind of look at the if we look at the midlands right now and even further north 
and the likes of businesses leaving London and like Goldman Sachs kind of relocating to Birmingham. This added value, what what does this mean for the region? And what does this mean for kind of the regions outside of kind of the, the central London hub when you've got organisations like Goldman Sachs relocating to, to say, Birmingham? or Channel 4 moving to Leeds and government part departments relocating to, to the likes of um, government departments moving to Wolverhampton and other areas. So not Wolverhampton, cities which are next to these Birmingham major cities. How do you see this kind of triggering a confidence boost within the region and encouraging developers to kind of look not only beyond London and Birmingham, and Manchester, but also to the smaller cities like Coventry, um, Stoke, Wolverhampton, just kind of the, the other areas as well that are, are outside of these these more metropolitan hubs. Yeah, so I think if, if we start with the bigger cities, we, with your Birmingham's, your Manchester's, your Leeds, and and what is going on there in terms of redevelopment, um, then then those would obviously firstly be the immediate contenders for these kind of corporate um, companies to, you know, to come and base themselves. Uh, and, and, we, and we've seen that. We've seen that with HSBC. We've seen that with PwC, as you say, Goldman Sachs and Leeds have, have you know, brought Channel 4 up there. Um, surely it will mean others follow into these regions. And, and this, you know, it's a huge statement. All, all of those things and more are, are a huge statement which surely and hopefully will attract others, not just into those cities, but the accompanying regions as well. Naturally, this is going to take a bit of time, um, but it can only be a good thing for the cities you've mentioned, your Stokes, your Wolverhamptons, etc. That, that and, and those those cities already have their, their own master plans in place. And, and if you look at somewhere like Coventry, for, for example, they've um, obviously they've got City of Culture this year. Um, so it, it's not just the bigger cities that have these big plans. And all that's been attracted to these big cities, people will see obviously the regions around them and develop, developers will push out there eventually. Okay, let's build on Wolverhampton. You've got um, Ion Developments who are quite literally changing the landscape with the new railway station, the I-10, the I-9. Then you've got the Civic Hall being redeveloped and we're almost there with that. And the Royal Hospital redevelopments. And these are just kind of like scratching the surface, but they have such big, they're going to have such huge impacts on, on, say, the city itself. With this level of investment, say, going on, in Wolverhampton over the next few years, that, that that's going to have a huge impact, like I just said. But where, why is it different now? Why is this confidence within within these cities and in the West Midlands? What what is it about now that is different to say ten years ago when there was there there there, there, there was developments taking place and, and conversations and confidence coming into the into the cities? But there's something about kind of like 2021 everything seems to be to be kind of lining up and it does it does feel different it, it, it definitely feels different um than, than 10 years ago um it's almost like a, a domino effect um and it, and it has kind of stemmed from the bigger cities so if we take Wolverhampton Birmingham for example 
Birmingham has got these massive plans and it's kind of like all ducks in a row, Commonwealth Games, HS2, you know, we've got all the stuff going on in Centenary Square and Paradise and Brindley Place and all of this stuff is going on. And it, as I say, it's like a domino effect. And and it, and it, it not only sees, it feels like this confidence, this wave of confidence has just taken place and taken hold of not only Birmingham, but the region. Now, I know Wolverhampton has government funding to redevelop the west side of the city. Um, and you know, Wolverhampton's had a, a, a bad rap over, over the years, but again, you can see and you can feel this snowball effect of one development taking place and then the announcement of another development and another. And um, it, it's, I think it's, it's confidence, a lot of it. Um, obviously, location is a strong one. Um, being a major city like Birmingham and then the Wolverhampton being so close to it, good transport ties, etc. It, it only makes sense. And it, it, as you say, like 10 years ago, it kind of felt a little bit stop-start. You get a big development and then a bit of a void. But, but now it's building and it's building and it's building. And I'm an optimist. So from my point of view, I can only see that continuing to stack over the next 10, 15, 20 years. Um, so, yeah, there's a huge confidence. If that's the case, so, so you're talking with, you, like I said, we said at the start, you talk with the architects, the contractors, the developers. What, is, what are they saying? What, what are they expecting in the next, say, 12 to 24 months? Is it this continued domino effect? Like, what are you hearing? Yeah, what? I think... I mean, it's it's definitely positive, and it's it's a bit more of more of the same. Um, we've got some, um, you know, big plans, big ambitions. Uh, we've obviously been through this for a certain period, but these where some plans have been paused or reconsidered, but the consensus seems to be foot on the gas, business as usual. Um, and you know, personally, we're currently juggling some really big developments across all phases from projects on site about to complete, others on site early construction, um, many at tender stage and others going through the planning process. Um, and I suppose for, for me personally, um, that brings a real energy and vibrance. I mean, over the course of one day, I could have a designer asking for inspiration, um, an early design phase meeting, tough pricing negotiations, a project that needs technical help, a contractor on site that needs alternative options for whatever reason, um, amongst a huge array of other challenges that all needs to be at the top of my priority list. Um, there are some really exciting developments out there, um, some of which are already come to fruition and others that are at early stages um, and we can't even necessarily talk about them. So I think watch this space um there's, there's more there's more to come and it's i'm, I'm really excited about it is it what what, what what do you put it down to this 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 outlook and this this confidence is it been underpinned by the infrastructure projects then like the hs2 regeneration of Perry bar walsall canal side from urban splash all of these all of these major schemes boosting the region is that really kind of that's what we're getting at here. That's that's what's underpinning the growth and the kind of trajectory that we're on as on as a region. 
Yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's, you know, that's the that's the theme of this conversation is there's there's definitely a confidence from developers, and this domino effect has taken place, um, and and the variance of developments as well. Um, you know, we've got mixed use, build to rent, infrastructure, as you say, commercial, leisure, um, with the Commonwealth Games, of course, and it, and it's not only central in the city centre, but it's it's the regions as well. Um, so you've, you've got this stream of high-profile developments um, with this variance to them. And, and it, confidence just seems sky high. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really exciting to be a part of, of a small part, um, to be involved in, you know, this big city plan and everything else that goes with it. Oh, well, long, long may it continue. The, um, Lee, thank you so much for joining me today. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for all your support. Great to um great to chat with you today. Thank you very much. Oh, you have a good one. Take care. Subscribe to the Building Brum podcast and join us again where we'll be chatting with new guests every month. Coming up, we'll be talking with Capital and Centric co-founder Tim Heatley and the leader for Stoke on Trent City Council, Abby Brown, about the latest regeneration project taking place in the city, the Good Yard. We'll be discussing the vision for Stoke-on-Trent and how the City Council is going to achieve this by working with award-winning developers who share their vision, like Capital and Centric. A big thank you to our Building Brum podcast series supporters, Reality Capture and Point Cloud modelling specialists, Scantec Digital, Solus, one of the UK's leading suppliers of commercial flooring and wall tiles, and Sunbelt Rentals. With over 200,000 items of equipment, they are the largest providers of equipment hire in the UK. If you'd like to find out more about our Building Brum partners after today's podcast, you can visit the Building Brum website. If you enjoyed today's episode, let us know by leaving a review on Apple or Spotify podcasts. Thanks for listening and take care, everyone.